0: Hello everyone, I'm Jacob Chastain, host of the Teach Me Teacher podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Coming up on episode 80 of Podcast PD, we talk to Dan Krinas about his podcast, Rejoining the Education Podcast Network, and we look ahead to the 2020-2021 school year and the challenges that lie ahead. This is Podcast PD, the show that provides you with anytime, anywhere professional development. Our conversations and guests will provide you with the learning you might get in a faculty meeting or on a PD day, except you're going to have more fun with AJ Bianco, Stacey Lindis, and me, Chris Nessie. Let's start the show. Welcome to the big show. No. Wow. <laughs> my name is Chris Nessie at Mr. Nessie on Twitter. I also host the House of EdTech podcast, and I am joined for another episode of Podcast PD, the 80th episode, AJ, the 80th episode of Podcast PD. Here we are, which I gave it away. I'm joined as always by my podcast compadre, Mr. AJ
1: Bianco. Good evening, AJ. Good evening, this is a wonderful achievement. Eighty. I didn't think we'd make eighty. I gotta be honest with you. Yeah. I love the sound effects every time. Um, eighty. Eighty is a big one because I didn't. I didn't really. Didn't think we'd get here. I'm excited for a hundred though because now I guess there's no turning back. So. Don't turn around. Okay. No. no well, if I start singing, people are gonna. No, don't. Don't sing. Don't
0: sing. Don't sing. <laughs> but no, so uh, we are hey, live hey, hey here. Yeah, hell yeah, everybody. We are live on YouTube. We are live on Periscope. So good evening to Bruce, who has checked in on the chat. Stephanie on the chat. Stacy checking us out on Periscope. Make your way over to YouTube. That's where the party's at. Uh, David Frangiosa, previous guest of the podcast. Welcome aboard. We have an exciting show for you coming up tonight because we are going to be
1: talking about what, AJ? We... Are talking about how we're going to tackle the innovative ideas we still want to have through challenging times. So while we're going back to school and we're looking forward to it, uh, we want to make sure that we can also keep the push forward to help our students achieve more and be future ready learners. So we're we're going to focus on how we can push forward even those challenging times.
0: It is certainly challenging times, and and we're coming off a fantastic episode. Episode. 79 where we spoke with ken shelton and we talked about race and bias and it was a very well-received episode so by that i mean a lot of people appear to have listened to it based on the download numbers so that's always a positive thing and if only the three of us listen to it and stacy somewhere is trying to get here because she checked in on chat so hey stacy join us podcastpd.com com slash join we'll, we'll, we'll punch you right up you don't have to wait in line um so again that the world isn't getting any easier to live in um certainly our profession i don't want to say it's under fire and under siege but lord knows it feels like that um yeah so i mean that that's what we're going to be hitting on tonight hello to jose in the chat tracy in the chat craig yen the infamous craig yen been a long time uh Joe Lynn, I'm gonna go 50-50 shot on that. Joe Lynn, thanks for checking in. Stacy is now here on YouTube. Stacy Ferrara, friend of the podcast in our podcast PD Voxer group. Dr. Dan Krynas, Hello, Podcast PD. Welcome back, buddy. For those who don't know, I I announced it on uh House of Ed Tech today that uh Dan is back on the Education Podcast Network. So that's super exciting. Speaking of super exciting,
2: our podcast companera.
1: Stacey. ah,
2: Happy Sunday.
0: Happy Sunday. Stacy. life is good?
2: Life is good. Life is good. It was a good weekend. I got to meet my niece for the first time.
0: Hey. Hey, go. that's nice.
2: Yeah. She's like a little peanut. I'll post pictures on Instagram, which will then put it everywhere else. But um, yeah, she's like super duper tiny. She was four four pounds, five ounces when she was born. She's not even seven pounds yet. So.
0: Wow.
2: And she's almost oh, two months old. Yeah, she's like this big. She's so cute.
0: Aw, that's yeah. cool.
2: Yeah, we Baby. got together for my dad's birthday, so it was nice.
0: Nice. And speaking of the Instagram, you are improving each and every day with your Instagram ability.
2: Why? What am I doing?
0: You're more active. You're you're posting. Re, you're rep- you're reposting the stories
2: that we put out. I try. I try. I'm figuring things out.
0: The, the only thing I have noticed over the last, I'd say, week or so, is the flamingos have seemed to have eluded you.
2: They are. I don't know if I. I don't know if they're being um, moved anymore. So I now just look for new places to run that are interesting.
0: New places to run.
2: That are interesting. Yeah, I try to go to like a a park that has a track. I'll walk the track and then I'll run out of the park and run someplace else. Or I'll just drive somewhere a park and run. Nice. <laughs> Keeps it fresh.
0: Keeps it fresh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Got to do something. I ran five and a half miles today, and I want to like just kill my Man, lungs that's, that's pretty nuts. much what i was doing anyway that's nuts yeah it, i barely ran it. it i can't even say i ran it i ran some of it though that could be ugly. your
0: new instagram name i ran some of it
2: <laughs> it was ugly
0: <laughs> i run sometimes
2: <laughs> i run sometimes
0: yeah. all right and uh we're gonna we're gonna stick with the phone lines before we get into tonight's topic let's bring up dr dan Krinas. Dan
2: dr dan
3: what's going dr. on my uh, friends hey how are you we're doing, doing good I? what's going on with you Oh man, living the life, having a having a good time this summer. Uh, mm-hmm. Travel baseball was able to start up, so uh, we had a doubleheader this afternoon. My son played in, and we're we're just winding down for the evening. That's why I'm not on camera right now. But man, I'm glad to be here. Are you I, enjoying I
0: the deck? Doing
3: the travel? Yeah, the we deck. are enjoying it. Oh, the,
2: the deck is awesome.
3: Thank you. Yeah, you that know
0: staircase is
3: awesome yeah yeah so i don't I, nice. I don't know what year it will be when we finally pay off the deck but uh <laughs> it is nice you know basically the staircase idea actually we got from our neighbors they have it comes down halfway uh and, and hits a platform and then goes down actually it changed there's changes direction um but yeah it's uh it's pretty nice it's exciting exciting stuff
2: It's awesome you'll get some good use out of it
3: my wife just ordered a, a set like a, a furniture set with a table in it and everything for it. That'll be here next week. So yeah.
0: Sounds like you've got an afternoon full of Allen wrenches in your future. Probably. <laughs> so, uh, so Dan, what brings you by?
3: I just wanted to uh, chat and, and I guess uh, thank you guys for welcoming me back to the network. And, um, you know, I guess I wanted to kind of, I guess, refamiliarize anybody who listens to podcast PD, perhaps with the leader of learning podcast. So, uh, Yeah, just wanted to say, hey, the uh, Bruce I I know was just on here talking about the Mets. I'm a big Mets fan. They are losing pretty badly right now, so you know, not that not that I didn't have anything better to do, kind of thing. But it's like, well, I'm just gonna hang out with you guys now.
2: Wait, really quick question about the game. Like, who or what is in their audience right now? Like, what is they have caught
3: they have cardboard cutouts including a couple of the players dogs i don't know if you saw one of the Braves players adam <laughs> duval yesterday hit a home run and it literally hit the cardboard cutout of jeff mcneil's dog in the stands
2: <laughs> that's crazy. so cool that's is crazy. it fans cuz i know some of the players have like family members and then other people like other other teams their fans were able to create like big headed cutouts of themselves.
3: So the, the Mets have, it's mostly their fans. There are a couple, I think there are every once in a while, you'll find like a celebrity or two. Okay. Uh, And then the Mets have their, their fan club called the seven line army. And they're sort of like the Mets versions of the bleacher creatures or whoever the, whatever the Yankees people are called out in the bleachers. And, uh, and they all wear these brightly colored orange shirts. And so they have their own section and it's all of them wearing the orange shirts, but, uh, oh, $86. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he, I think that's the fans crazy. had to pay for their likeness to be printed on a cardboard cutout. So $86. Bruce, Bruce did the research there.
0: You know, that's where the fans should be happy that the Mets haven't won a title since 86.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it
0: would be more expensive.
3: Let's mess up, Chris. Or less expensive. I mean, if they just won it in, like, 2018, it would have been $18. I don't know.
0: Maybe. Knowing the Mets and their financial hardship, that those
3: things would have
1: been two thousand eighteen dollars.
3: They could, they were in it in fifteen. Some teams are doing
1: it for over a hundred bucks, so eighty six, eighty six dollars is a uh, is a steal.
2: Wow.
0: Yeah. Actually, the other thing, uh, I don't know if I commented this to you when we spoke the other day, Dan, but some teams they're doing like if a foul ball hits your cardboard cutout, the
1: team will mail you the baseball or sign baseball. Sign no sign it. Cool. Yeah, they're gonna sign
3: it. Yeah, really? I think Oakland's doing that. Yeah. That's I love cool. that because you know one of the things about going to the game and sitting, you know, depending on where you're sitting, uh, mm-hmm. but but being at the game live is the chance, albeit a very small one, of catching a foul ball. Uh, I've never caught a foul ball at a major league game. I caught, I think, two at at minor league games, but it's so much fun and it's so exciting. And so, I, well, I you suppose, You caught a
0: foul ball at Shea or City Field. <laughs> no. N- Oh my I god. I are
1: you are I'm ruthless. I'm a <laughs> you are really I'm
0: a D-bag Yankee fan.
1: You really are. You're one of those guys. I'm one of those wow. guys. <laughs> oh my god. I'm very, disappointed. I'm very disappointed in you.
3: Anyway, that is fun though that they could uh <laughs> you know, you can't be there to actually catch a ball, so they're going to send you one. I like that. I
2: like it. I'm not a sports fan, but you know, that's cool.
1: See, Stacey, what you're missing?
2: Um, right. Okay. So I'm sorry. I'm so distracted. So, this is the first night. I know everyone else has probably dealt with this. All of qu- quarantine and COVID, but like there are fireworks going off. I live in the middle of nowhere. Like literally. Like I found. I was behind three tractors today on my run. Like Who won? I live in the middle of nowhere. They won. I was so <laughs> slow. I was so slow. <laughs> and I had to make room for them because they were like huge. I don't understand. And I, uh, ugh, I'm so annoyed. I live in the middle well, of Well, if it makes right? you feel
0: better, and you can't hear the fireworks.
2: Okay. Well, then I'll just have to pretend like I'm not distracted by it. But like every time it goes off, I'm like, what the hell's happening? Because I, we also have hunters in our woods, you know, like so. anyway, I digress. And this is why. All right. Back to sports. Craig Yen says $99 for the Giants cutout. Oh, back, back, to back, back to
0: sports. Back to sports. sports. <laughs> I never thought I'd hear Stacy say that. Seriously.
2: Because <laughs> fireworks are dumb. Unless it's the 4th of July, it's my threshold. Yeah. Cool. And it will be Major League authenticated. That's cool. Th- Once you pick it up at the end of the season. Yeah, All right. like I that. think I would pay for that. I wouldn't
0: want a Fugazi cutout of it. myself that wasn't the actual cutout of myself in the seat. In no, the but stadium. it
2: says it's, it's authenticated. Yeah, it's like, ah, it's like
0: property of Major League Baseball at that point.
2: That's so I'm cool. Sure.
0: Maybe one Lucky Fan cardboard cutout would be put in the Hall of Fame to remember this time.
2: Ooh, that's such a good idea.
1: You're welcome. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, It's not happening.
0: I don't know. Well, speaking of good ideas, Dan, what do you think education is gonna look like in the fall?
3: So uh one you know when when we were talking the other day, Chris, I mentioned that uh, our camp actually has been or camps in our area have been given permission to open up this summer, but albeit, among the, you know, guidelines and the restrictions that exist at this point. And, um, you know, just to describe a little bit about how we've run camp is that we limited group sizes. They could only be up to 10 campers per group and each group is cohorted and instead of like in, in summers past they've been able to choose their own activities and schedules uh each group has to follow a a very specific schedule every day and to be honest that's given me a lot of ideas about how we can safely go back to schools if it, if our area is safe enough to be able to go back in person, I know that some areas are not safe enough and perhaps are opting to begin the year virtually. Um, I know that the area I live in, while once pretty hard hit with COVID, uh, has really, uh, I di- dare I use the word flattened out, but you know, we're, we're doing quite well. I, I don't think in my opinion that means we can all go back full time necessarily, but I guess what I would like to see happen when we do go back in person is this type of cohorting where uh, classes of students are limited in terms of their size. And they all travel together. I I honestly don't like the idea of teachers moving rooms all day long uh, because I think that's not good for anybody. I don't think the kids are going to like being in the same room all day. And I certainly don't think teachers, especially at the secondary level, are going to like going into however many classrooms of however many classes they teach. And so uh, I I think the best idea is to keep the class sizes really small, have the kids cohorted so that they can travel together together. That might mean bringing students in on different days of the week, or even a week or two at a time, and then switching things up. But I, th- I really think that's the best way to do it.
1: I'm I'm intrigued by that, Dan, because, you know, we're we're talking a lot about around here, teachers moving, T- kids staying in the classroom, teachers making moves, and and that's gonna be the day. And it's a half day, you know, one o'clock, one thirty, whatever the case may be. But that that cohort idea is is pretty pretty interesting but i think it's just i don't know this is a very tough situation making moves between the throughout the day to different classes and having kids pass in the hallway i think the staggering is going to be the most challenging thing how have you guys have you guys dealt with that during the camp
3: time uh i agree with you that passing time could get uh, a little hectic we've we've basically dealt with it in a way where and this this depends on whether or not districts are requiring or just expecting students to wear masks. Um, But I will tell you that the one that that is AJ, in my opinion, again, the most important time for students to wear them. Mm -hmm. If, if they're, if they are distanced in the classroom, I honestly don't think it's going to matter much. I'm not a medical doctor. I'm just a doctor of education. So, you know, don't don't necessarily take my medical advice on it. But I think it's much more important during passing times for students to ensure for the teachers to ensure that the students are wearing masks during those times. I just don't think it's going to be I don't think it's going to be great for anyone's sanity uh, for, for having cohorts of kids stay in the same room all day long. I, I understand what you're saying, and that there is some things that that will work, and that really won't work at all. I,
1: I, I'm I'm torn just because I don't know I don't know how how the feelings are going to be about so much movement going on, and, and teachers feeling they have to be, you know, hallway
3: patrol and watching kids do a mask, and what do you do with discipline? So now one of the things that does come up as well, if you have even if you have students who are cohorted, but they do travel uh, between their classes is, uh, you know, sanitizing the room in between classes. And again, you know, this is just my opinion, but what we've done this summer is we have spray bottles of uh, of a, a really nice, you know, sanitizing substance, and it kills lots of things and it takes about 10 minutes, you just spray it and it dries within about 10 minutes. And I know that there are teachers and perhaps unions out there who might say teachers aren't shouldn't be expected to sanitize their rooms between each class, but it doesn't take much effort. And I, I think if if it were me, and I'm not a classroom teacher, and again I'm not a a medical expert, it's just my my humble opinion. I don't think it would be that difficult for teachers. Because I think teachers, most, most teachers would want to stay in their same classroom all day. Just spray down this, the chairs and desks in between classes.
0: I, I mean, to me, something like that falls under every job description. The last bullet point that says, and other duties as assigned. And in this world that we're living in with, with COVID and, you know, how are we going to almost literally keep people alive we should do what we're asked to do if we work in a place that's going to say, here's a spray bottle for your room, spray the desk at the end of the class. You know, it, it shouldn't be something that we complain about or oh, it's something else we're asked to do. But I mean, inevitably, we know some people would feel that way, you know, so it, it's probably going to wind up being what it is.
1: I think the biggest thing, though, for for teachers and Chris, you can speak to this. I mean, this is not your, your style, but so many people are also kind of just. Set up that if they're in their classroom, they're going to want to do their classroom thing. They're going to want to meet kids at the door. They're going to want to have their classroom aim, do now objective. You know, they're welcoming part of class. They don't want to take the five minutes of the kids wait in the hallway for them to clear the desk. So I think that's the biggest thing that we have to keep in mind. And like, again, I know you can still do those things and kind of wipe down the desk and do what you need to do. You're going to have 10, 11 kids in the classroom, you know, but some teachers are really just going to have that relationship and not be the custodial worker that they think they have to be because of that
0: i mean my humorous response would be for all the teachers who struggle with bell-to-bell instruction well now you have something else you can do that might get you to when that bell rings to end class spray the desks um speaking of keeping teachers happy uh and the fact that we don't have green m&ms in the backstage area uh, we can also welcome in friend of the education podcasting world in a long time since i've spoken to craig but I know, Craig, know has been N. a while it has Welcome been Welcome to Podcast bad. PD.
4: Thank you for having me. I'm wearing my union shirt today, and I'm just hearing all <laughs> the comments that you're saying for teachers to go ahead and use that time to go ahead and disinfect their, their desk. They're saying, like, our kids can't even use the Clorox wipes. That's At what the, I was thinking. They can't even touch the Clorox wipes, and, they're, and like, the teachers aren't supposed to be um, doing all of that because they're not trained to be able to do that.
2: Wait, your <laughs> it, union uh, is saying that?
4: Um, yeah, that's oh, what I'm, I'm thinking hearing, about how we were told. Point. That's, that's what I'm hearing wow. at this point for those people that are actually have been back at this point. And yes, um, it's, I, I it's, it's, it's kind of fortunate in a way that we are going to be starting off distance learning and then we can see how other um, people are working through this at this point. This is not a good situation, obviously. Right.
2: All right. So I need to clarify because I know in the past we've been told like we're not allowed to ask for wipes as a school supply or and like kids aren't supposed to handle them. So that's what I thought you meant when you mm-hmm. said like not use Clorox wipes. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I still think it's important that kids kind of clean up in between like, like I do. eat snack in our classrooms. You know, I teach yeah. fifth grade, they even eighth grade in the middle schools and high schools, they're eating snack in the middle of the day. Snack is like a whole like K 12 thing in my district. Um,
0: I was going to say, my can
2: is littered my with
3: Dorito crumbs and Taki crumbs. Oh, it's and- so
2: – no, my kids aren't allowed to eat that food. <laughs> I'm a little strict. <laughs>
3: well, and at this point, you know, anybody who goes back in person can't have large enough gatherings to where lunch can happen in the cafeteria at, at this point yet. So, uh, you know, if and when students do go back, they're going to be eating lunches in classrooms or at least in – Common areas, but I don't think. Again, I don't think you have enough of them in a school that you know you're going to have to have kids eating in classrooms. Who's yeah. watching them during lunch? That's a completely other. That's a whole other yeah. story too. But uh, yeah, they're going to have to eat in classrooms.
0: I think that regards to lunch, I'm seeing a lot of districts even say we're going to be going half day. Half day. We're so half day. you know, half day. For example, my school and I'm going to pull it up. You know, in, in a little bit because they uh, they put out their reentry plan you know so it's going to be half day and my school has a high percentage of free and reduced lunch so in in our half day we still have three lunch periods so i don't know if so i still have questions but wow. i might see it where they might utilize the whole building for lunch or they might eliminate the lunch periods to have more instructional time in the building and then the kids are just going to be grab getting grab and go grab lunches and go, yeah. on the mm-hmm. way out maybe at mm-hmm. the end of the day
4: yeah. What I've heard with the lunch distributions is that they would, they're, they're going to have them, a lot of a lot of schools are concerned about having them prepackaged so that they can just distribute them and have them just either distributed right to the rooms or have them placed in an area. So as they're entering class, they can go ahead and get their lunch at the beginning of the day. So that solves that problem of all of them congregating within one area. Have your schools considered using any of that outdoor space? I know like we're in, Cal- I'm in California, so like I think we have a little bit more of that capability to be able to utilize some of that space for a good portion of the year.
0: You know, it, it's funny you say that, Craig, because my wife is super intelligent, and the short answer to your question is no. The long answer is my wife said schools that have like large open fields and stuff. You know, let's go get like the event tents that you'd see at like a wedding or a carnival or I mean the circus. And utilize some of that outdoor space. So maybe you get kids outside in the fresh air on a nice day. I mean, if it's raining, people have weddings under those things in the rain. So maybe event-style tents, not the like your tailgating tent in the parking lot, but these big tents that you need a team to put up. A lot of that outdoor space where possible could and should be utilized.
2: Right, especially if they're not likely to have um, PE where they're using fields or, you know those other non-traditional like i know some some schools i know in my district have like what they consider an outdoor classroom so there's like um amphitheater seating and you can it's it's just you're in nature really and it's just you do whatever you want out there so there are no walls but um you could create those artificial outdoor areas that are not necessarily what I would consider an outdoor classroom, but I've seen some really interesting things online too, where um, teachers are getting like almost like um, a corrugated steel sheds, like where they have like two parts. So like they have a back and a, a ceiling so that the kids can be under it. It did not look very deep. So I don't know how many kids you're putting underneath that area. And um, I saw teachers like decorating them in a really interesting ways. So and I thought like, even if we provided something like that and the problem here is, the weather is very touch and go. Once October hits,
0: no, no can, touching.
2: <laughs> the weather—I don't know if you can oh, catch okay. COVID from the weather, but I, but you know what I mean. Like it can be like super cold. It can be super rainy. I mean, we've had Halloween's where it snowed. You know, there are It's already hurricane season, so we're dealing with that. Like I don't know. So it's it's the outdoor is not um, not a safe bet when it comes to having predictable abilities to go out there on a regular basis.
0: True. So actually, real quick, before we go too f- too much further, Craig, uh, for Hell's those touch. who are not familiar with you... <laughs> I was
2: thinking the same thing.
0: Please, please introduce yourself. So you're Craig Yen. Where are you coming from? What do you teach? All those good things.
4: Sure. I am Craig Yen. I live in Berkeley, California. I teach in Walnut Creek, California, over at a school called Valley Verde Elementary School. And I've taught there for 17 years now, um, both in fourth and fifth grade. And at this point, again, as I mentioned before, a school currently is opening up distance. At least that's what they've said, although the board hasn't officially voted on it. And we're in the process of still still trying to hammer out a memorandum of understanding with the district upon working conditions. Hmm. Like the governor of our state, um, Governor Newsom, he stated specifically that um, schools cannot come back into session until they're off of his watch list. And then so there's a watch list that is – that the county is off of the watch list. Hmm. And then so that is like kind of a phase-in type approach for us to move back away from distance learning back within to the classroom. So we will see what that looks like.
3: It's interesting to hear that, Craig, because uh, where I am in Connecticut, uh, our governor – it's almost been the opposite. And and I – I don't want to open up a whole can of worms here, but I will say that one of, one of the most frustrating things here, I think, about uh, policies in general, but especially policies governing school reopening, is that uh, you know, our, our whole country is so disjointed. No, no one's on the same page state to state. Here in Connecticut, uh, our governor has basically said almost what we've heard from the president and the Department of Education, which is that they expect schools to reopen. They expect everybody to go back. Um, but what districts have had to do is to submit plan their reopening plans. I think they were due the end of this past week. However, I've heard... Uh, from our superintendent in the town that I live in, that any district who tried to submit a plan where plan A had anything to do with a, a hybrid model or distance learning, it was very quickly shot back to them. And they were told your plan A is you must be going back and reopening You know, as as close to normal as possible. And so basically districts across our state have had to say, "Okay, plan A is everybody's going back. Now, there is a bit of a caveat there. They they are offering for families to opt for distance learning for their own kids and basically everyone else would go back. That's Plan A. Plan B is a hybrid model that sends, you know, a certain percentage of students on certain days or certain weeks, and then Plan C is distance learning. But really, at this point, uh, until anything changes, right now, it looks like that is an emergency backup plan only. And if you know COVID rears its ugly head again in our area, then that is the backup plan.
2: Well, here's the thing that like, I mean, if you don't live in our area, you might not know this, but like whatever Connecticut and New York do, New Jersey has to do by default because we're in this tri-state area marching orders type thing where we're all trying to keep each other safe and kind of keep our curve going in the right direction, which is we're pretty flat right now as far as I understand it. But I don't know. I'm looking for the tweet that Governor Murphy put out this weekend that basically said The scheduled start of the new school year is still roughly six weeks away. We continue to closely follow public health data as we progress through the rest of this month and into August. We will continue to assess the realities of this virus on the ground and how they may impact schools' plans broadly. And then the last line is my favorite. We will make changes in real time if needed, which to me just like I just feel like okay, August thirty first, he's going to say no, no in person school, and like all of the planning that people like AJ and Dan, and even teachers are doing to get themselves ready for whatever it is, is going to be for naught.
1: Yeah, he said that on Friday when they introduced the new guidelines for uh, remote learning, since students can now opt out in New Jersey. So that was that was his line from that. So (laughs) thanks. (laughs) <laughs> the 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 words of the immortal Chris
0: Rock come to mind from one of his bits, and I can only just pull a small excerpt. Mm. Grand opening, grand closing.
2: And and that's I mean, think about how our restaurants opened and you think about how mm-hmm. okay. um in
0: the state of New Jersey, we can't do indoor dining
2: and but we can go to school full put, day.
0: We're we're gonna make people go to school full day in some places in, in this country and in the world, you're gonna go to school the full six and a half hours, seven hours.
3: Can I tell you a story? Nope. So that's interesting you say that. In our area, we do have indoor dining. However, uh it's... Restaurants are are supposed to be capped at a 50% capacity. So however many people, the you know fire department or health department, normally allow in the restaurant, reduce that by half, and that's how many are supposed to be allowed in, inside right now for indoor dining. Yesterday, last night, we went out to celebrate my commencement ceremony. We went to a nice steakhouse uh, down the street here in Danbury, Connecticut. And honestly, we were really disappointed because – uh, not only was the manager or owner or maitre d' or whoever he was not really wearing his mask all the time, but they clearly, very clearly, had more than fifty percent capacity. I mean, almost the whole restaurant was filling up by the time we left. And my wife has already written a for, uh, filed a formal complaint today. And you know, <sighs> that's that's been one of the most frustrating things I think for me is that. We we ha our area, like Stacey said, has gotten better. That the, the tri state area in general. Um, my area has gotten to the point where we can allow indoor dining, but the the corners that get cut and the rules that get broken, uh and, and people who just are not taking things seriously, and again, I don't wanna get like political or anything, but um people just not taking it seriously is just so frustrating.
2: Yeah.
1: And those people are gonna be in schools too. So that's where I get. That's where I get upset.
2: Yeah. So there are a Again, couple of comments. You- go ahead, Chris. No, go ahead, Stacey. I was going to say there are a couple of comments on the side that the Michigan governor thinks she has plenty of time to see how the COVID cases are going, um, or how are, how they're doing in order to open schools on September seventh. However, many schools in my area are opening in August. August seventeenth for me, and you know one of the things that we talked about or that I talked about with one of my colleagues um, as school was letting out was, you know, I desperately wanted to go back and I still do to meet my kids for no other reason than to establish rapport, to build a community, to build relationships. Um, And one of the things she suggested was to go back before contract. So in New Jersey, most of us start on September 1st. So what would it look like if we gave up the last two weeks in August when it feels a little safer I don't know if it feels that way now, but this was conversation we were having back in June when we were like beyond hopeful. Right. Um, but to go back and meet your kids in those two weeks and then let things play out how they would play out for September. And then whenever school closes, at least you have those two extra weeks of time with your kids. And for me, like it's all about the kids, right? It's it's all about, you know, them getting to know each other. I, I, I'm sh- I don't know. I'm really struggling with with what I think it's going to look like. And I don't even have all the answers yet. We don't meet with our superintendent until Wednesday via zoom.
4: So wait, you meet with your superintendent now you're, you're a teacher, aren't you?
2: Yes. So he's, it's an optional meeting for us um, to attend, but he's, this will be the third one he's had since school shut down on March 13th. Um, We have about a thousand teachers in my district. um, And each time there have been over 800 people in attendance. So, wow. Yeah.
4: We have about 2700 teachers. Mm-hmm. And then um we just got a new superintendent. Her old super our previous superintendent got um dismissed by the board after 9 months with a with of course a year payout. Oh, oh. Oh, <laughs> it was only 200. So bad then. It, was only, it was only 270 th- some odd thousand Boom. dollars. So Ouch. We, we have a good history of paying off our superintendents to go away. <laughs> but I forget my point. Wonderful. Po- <laughs> wow. Oh, my point is we did hire a new superintendent, but I do think that the town halls would be a nice touch to be able to just communicate what direction that. Um, they feel that the district would continue to want to be going in.
2: Yeah.
0: Real quick, before we uh, shuffle on, uh, Dan, I know you mentioned behind the scenes that you weren't able to stay the whole time. So before you head off, um, again, just let people know where they can find the podcast, how they can connect with you. And uh, thank you for a few minutes of your time tonight.
3: Well, thank you guys for letting me come on here for a little bit. It's always great to to chat with you guys. Um, my podcast, Leader of Learning, Uh, now and once again a member of the Education Podcast Network. Um, We come out with episodes about every two weeks. As a matter of fact, I just announced on my last episode, starting in August, and uh, I'm going to kind of tease this out here and then make some official announcements soon. Starting in August, I'm going to release three times a month on roughly the 5th, 10th, and 25th of every month. And that middle episode around the 15th is actually going to be a new series coming to the Leader of Learning podcast. I will have a co-host and uh, we're going to do something a little bit different than we normally do, which is basically we're going to tackle trending topics in education and come at them from not necessarily our own thoughts and opinions, but really using some sound research to to back up the vantage points and the viewpoints on different angles in terms of those trending topics. So I'm really looking forward to that. I will make some official announcements soon about my co-host and what that series is going to be called, but it's a little something different for me and I'm happy to bring it to uh, my show and to the network. And uh, it's pretty exciting. So I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to listening to it. <laughs> it's awesome. awesome. Yeah. yeah.
4: Congratulations. That on sounds you.
0: Fun. Thank you. Nice. All right. Make sure you guys check out Dan on uh, all the socials. He is at D on Twitter uh, leader of learning uh, on Instagram and uh, leader of make sure you subscribe to his awesome podcast. Dan, we'll go check out for his minutes.
2: deck.
3: <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, guys. Have a great re- rest of your weekend. Bye, thanks, Dan. Dan.
0: All right. So before, I, and, I, and again, part of our, our show notes behind the scenes, we wanted to kind of talk about how these plans are developed. And of the your, your host here on Podcast PD, we're at different stages, and we all serve in different roles in education, A.J., is now an administrator entering his second year as as such uh, I am teaching at the secondary level and also you know the the college level Stacy's at the elementary level and certainly Craig can lend his point of view on the elementary level as well uh, but AJ your district hasn't yet had a plan approved by the board as you said which is part of the process so can you talk to us a little bit from the administrative perspective what is, what are the kind of things being discussed and talked about? And what does that process look like for people who are like, what is my central office doing? They're not communicating with me. Give us a little inside baseball on what administration is doing right now. Sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can do that. Do you have that sound bite of somebody screaming their head off? Cause that's about what it is. <laughs> no, a, this is Oh is my molding. goodness. No, it's not simple. There's no simple. Um, Wait, I know the one you're looking for smack me in the face. <laughs> Thank you. Um, That's my gift for you tonight. So, where's Al? Where's little Al? Um, and in all seriousness, um, in New Jersey, this is a becoming a, a difficult process. So, becoming. We, <laughs> it's becoming even more difficult. So, we started. What? We started understanding the fact that yes, we're going back to school. Okay, so we started putting plans in place. With what it would look like to go back to school based on CDC regulations and guidelines from the New Jersey Department of Health and trying to match up with plans that were coming forward with other schools around here because they're trying to be on the same page. Our superintendent association works very closely together. So they were in constant communication. Um, As we started doing things and figuring out schedules and trying to figure out how we're going to have kids come into the building and screen kids when they come into the building. Surprise. The CDC says, no worries. Don't screen anybody. (laughs) No worries. You don't have to get a test if you're ever positive for COVID. No worries. Kids don't carry anything. No worries. um. So, you know, things are changing left and right. And uh, that's out
2: too about kids not carrying anything has changed because kids yeah, 10 and up all of a up. sudden
1: yeah, are getting sick.
2: Are yes. carriers.
1: Thank you. Thank you for that. Germs uh, will
0: stick to anybody.
1: <laughs> so, you know, I figured I'm just going to buy some clothes from like the dollar store burn them when I get home and... <laughs> call it that. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, uh, we're also trying to figure out how we're going to do remote learning. We're, we're surveying, surveying parents about their students and whether the kids want to come to school, whether the parents want to send them to school, how we're going to handle our own teachers with their kids. And do we have a place that our teachers can have their, their kids when they're teaching? If we, the YMCA or before care, or after care, if we can do that, our uh, teachers opting out, our teachers using their time, like, It's crazy. It is absolutely the most ridiculous thing not to give guidelines that are more clear and efficient and universal and universal for schools to be on the same page. Having every district do something is absolutely absurd. Luckily for Jamie, you know, her and the kids are in one district. So at least that'll kind of be on the same scale. But because they are two different buildings, it's not, of course.
2: I was you gonna know? say, if I if I lived in my district, it would be and I had kids your kids' age, it would be really hard for me. It's, it's but wait, really quick, you said something, you said teachers using their time. What does that mean?
1: So teachers have the option to, to not come to school. They can, you know, if they have uh I guess well, there's a couple of things they can they can claim, right? So it can be that they have to take care of kids, they have to take care of family members, they have to, you know, they can take a leave of absence uh if they want to do that. So they have options. If they wanted to opt out for the year, really? Think, well, it's got to be totally clear. It's not I like, yeah, eh, no, thank you. <laughs>
0: Caitlin just sent <laughs> sent something to me that in New Jersey, between like FMLA at the state yes, and with F- the F- federal stuff, there are like four, four, I think six different options that teachers or public employees have that would also apply to teachers in terms of how much time you could get off.
1: How would you get full pay? Would you get partial pay? But there are options. There are options, but but again. Then you look, you dig deeper that all options presented to the school have to be approved by the superintendent. So if the superintendent knows you're just trying to get your way out of this, or, you know, then, then it's a different story. And then you have to prove that, like, I can't work in school. Okay, but you're going to work from home.
4: Yeah. A, lo- a lot of our options were specifically where it is that it has to do to defining the COVID as a disability and then so I'm being able to get a doctor's note. And to be able to prove that you have this, um, you, that you have this risk, and then so we had a meeting where it is that if you felt that you might be as part of this high risk group, to be able to come in to be able to learn more about it, and then so there was a whole bunch of things about the FMLA and other things that had to do specifically with California that some of California's laws were actually better in the sense for um, employees than the federal ones that are within place, but. Um, It's, yeah, it's not, it's not good. And ideally then the district would have to make an accommodation for those employees, for instance, assigning them into a distance learning role. If Mm -hmm. enough of those are
1: available. Right. Right. And then again, that's why everything is, is so, everything is so strange, you know, and, uh, and you don't want, like, I hate the empathy in me, you know, being, being a father of three and trying to figure out how we're going to work with our kids. You don't want to tell people, well, deal with it. You know, but some people like we have to tell them to deal with it. And I feel awful because my wife is one of those people that we're just saying, deal with it. You know, I, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't have answers because I'm I like
4: how It is that your district has considered the daycare issue. Mm -hmm. And then for your employees. And it is that you might be able to incorporate that. Um, I just don't know if that's looked at amongst a lot of the schools out there, because that is an issue, especially when you want to bring back people within um, when with, with in person and the daycare, just that channel right now is just blitzed where it is that there is not, there's, I don't know if there's enough capacity in a normal sense to be able to provide this amount of care.
0: And, and the, the other issue with that is, and again, I was talking about this with my wife, who is much wiser than me, um, where, you know, for our kids and we're in a similar boat to AJ, I, I've got, you know, two young ones in school. You know, my older one, he's about to, he got accepted into like the gifted program. So as a third grader, he's going to, he would be going to a different school building. So now we're going to be dealing with two different school schedules. The fact that I'm in one district, my kids are in one district, my wife works in another district and and my kid's district offered up childcare in terms of, you know, the, the company, the third party company that offers before and after care for kids, they would provide during the school day care for when the students who are on remote learning days have a place to go. So in essence, they'd be in school anyway, potentially. Uh, and yeah, then the we, we talked it. about the idea of, well, if I don't do that with my child and I send them to a outside third party child care facility, place, whatever, well, those places are going to be all filled up. And now we're exposing to kids, at least here in New Jersey, you're exposing kids to other kids all over the county or in the area you live in. And then we're going to come back to school on the days you're supposed to be in school after you were in contact with who knows who and from where and again remember germs stick to everybody
2: that's part of my struggle being the teacher you know like they keep saying like it's it's not like kids aren't carriers that information has changed but all of it just kind of moves around and like i don't know where my kids are hanging out during the day like i know that we're very careful i just said that you know i was super excited about meeting my niece we waited two months to meet her you know like I doubt that once the school year starts, I will see her again, probably till Christmas, just because I won't feel comfortable Mm -hmm. having that. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, how will that even be possible? Because there aren't 14 days before Christmas that I can, like, quarantine myself and make sure that we're all healthy. It's going to be very interesting. And AJ, you said something about, like, um, like, the daycare and them helping you out with, like, days, like, I don't know what your plans look like, but like my school district where I work, the plan right now, um, and I don't have all of the details. So, and, and there's a video that Chris, if you want, I can share, so I can go into the show notes, but the the plan right now is like a full week with one cohort. So week, week one is like cohort a, and then the second week is cohort B and we leave at one so that we are not serving lunch, but we are giving lunch to those kids who are free and reduced. And then there's virtual learning in the afternoon, which teachers can do either from school or from home, depending if they can make it by the time that school resumes.
1: That's, it's great. You have the option, though.
2: But no. But no. What do you mean option? Like, no, I'm in school during the right, morning.
1: you can go. Oh,
2: and then I can go. That's yes. That's
1: a great I, option. That's really like if we had that option, that wouldn't be things. We but it doesn't matter because there aren't kids. Yeah, but well, and we're having our teachers and a lot of the teachers here in Bergen County are full day, five okay. days remote learning right. or not five days in school.
2: All right. So the other thing that we are having um, is like data from surveys that were um, were shared with families uh, a few weeks ago came back and 60 percent of the elementary population pre K to five would like a full virtual learning experience. 55% of middle school wants a full virtual learning experience and 50% of high school wants a full virtual learning experience. Really? And so what does that look like? You know, um, And it's, then we, so- we have a survey that we filled out and now we have to, by Friday, this Friday, the 31st, share with them what our plan is for coming back. And mm-hmm. if you have ideas outside of returning to school and resuming your normal teaching um, wow. responsibilities, then you have to have... You know, you have to go to your doctor and get a medical excuse and, and create a five hundred four. If you have childcare issues, um, you have to go through an entire process where you're explaining what your previous childcare was, what your circumstances are now, and how they don't align, and you know why you no longer have childcare. So it's not going to be easy. So it's not. And I think, like you were talking about empathy, like just watch it. I need to get off Facebook. I just need to get off the socials for a few days because I got so caught up in like all of the vitriol and all of the hatred and the like teacher bashing. I I liked it better back in April when we were like, we were gods and angels and now we're like the sacrificial lamb and like, well, you have to go back because I have to go to work too. And I'm not saying that that's not important. I'm just saying like everyone has circumstances.
1: I'm sitting here trying to make decisions that are good for the school, but at the same time, like I'm dad first, you know, and I'm looking at all these things that are coming out and I'm like, I don't want my kids to be in this situation no nah, I, I i don't want i don't want to send I don't want to send my daughter to daycare you know hanging out with like she puts things in her mouth like, what you could tell her don't put things in her mouth you could tell an almost two year old hey don't put anything Oh, okay like, I'm Wait, sorry, and right. has she ever been to daycare she was, and when she was okay, in daycare what? like last year like she was in daycare from the time she was what four months old up until you know this all came down in March, but like she was getting sick, she was coming home a cold she had coxsackie at one point like. Things were going down before this. And now we're gonna send her back in a situation where I don't know I don't know this kid's parents or what they're doing, where they're working, who they're hanging with. You want me to send my kid to daycare? Yeah. So, like, like I said, this is hard for me because I'm I'm dad first, you know, and like a lot of the people who I'm working with, great people, you know, we're all trying to help out uh, and but they don't have kids that are young anymore. They don't right. really have to worry about it. They have maybe middle school and up. And if they do have kids, they're not in this area where they have to worry about it.
2: But to that point too, like, at least she's been in daycare. Like, I work with colleagues whose children have never gone to daycare because they're still little, under, like around a year. And how, you know, daycare is grandma and grandpa who are now considered that, that vulnerable population. Mm-hmm. So how do you say, like, well, my mom and my dad and my mother-in-law and my father-in-law are my daycare providers and they're vulnerable? Like, it's just, I don't know. It's very tricky. And to Bruce's point, we are now considered essential workers. And I've thought that for weeks. Like, we are, like we've taken on that role. And I and I don't disagree. We should have been considered essential workers from the beginning.
0: Um, let me share. I'm going to share my screen, which means those listening on the podcast side, after the fact, this doesn't make for good radio, but I'm going to do it anyway. So uh, I'm going to share my school district's plan and just kind of go over the highlights. Uh, you can find this, and the link will be in the show notes, nbpschools.net slash re-entry and i have seen personally a lot of plans you know my my dad works in education my mom works in education etc we all have friends and when this plan was released on thursday july 30 23rd yeah numbers are hard friday thursday july 23rd i read through this and i said i don't hate it it's not the worst plan i've seen so some of the highlights From my school district, and I'm going to when I get into some parts of this, I'm going to focus on the high school level, because that's what I teach, but I'll explain some things. So one takeaway is that my district is requiring students to wear face coverings. Same. Where in some of the initial guidelines from New Jersey said, you know, optional or when social distancing is impossible. My district at least seems to be of the mindset, hey, it's pretty difficult to social distance in a school. So face masks will be required for staff and students Um, in terms of meals, which we talked about earlier uh, for all student meals. The district will continue its current grab and go nutrition plan. Each school will prepare its students meals on a daily basis. Each student will receive meals during in-person instruction days and will be provided meals for virtual instruction days. Um, My district has basically broken this down into four phases. So, Phase one, two, three, four. Um, so I'm just going to quote this. So we have planned a model to determine the percentage of students for in person instruction at any one time. The model allows for the following percentages. During phase one, 25%. Phase two, 50%. Phase three, 75%. And phase four would be 100% of the students returning to school. Uh, during phase one, each student will have one day of half day in person instruction and will continue with virtual instruction once they return home. Uh, My district is creating four student groups, so A, B, C, D. So that's how that's going to work. So the high school is going to begin the school year on phase one, where on any given day, 25% of the students would be present. The elementary schools in my district will begin in phases two and three, depending on the school And the surveys given and the needs of those particular elementary schools. So you'll have more elementary age students in the schools to start the year. Um, uh, So uh, for the high school, again, it'll be a multi-tiered hybrid model that impacts uh, grades 9 through 12. The school will operate on a four by four block schedule. For example, four courses per half year semester. So I'm not quite sure what that means but I'm thinking they're adjusting how the courses run and how long they run potentially. Uh, and instruction will incorporate in-person and virtual learning with a limited number of students in each class during in-person instruction. Students will be divided into cohorts and will attend in school from, uh, it's, it's our half-day schedule, so 7.56 to 12.56. So again, this can be found if you want to see an example of what a, another school in the country is doing. And I, I like a lot of what I read here. I still have questions, But I like that it's not, hey, we're all coming back. Um, So, I mean, we'll see, but it's uh, nbpschools.net slash reentry if you're interested in checking this out in more detail. Do you all have any thoughts on what I shared or put up?
1: (laughs) It sounds, I I like that it it sounds that it's nice. The phases are nice. We have phases here too. We only have three phases though. Um, I, I like that it has that percentage. The, the cap, I guess we're going to call it that. Yeah. Um, that's I, I like that because I think that's really important. The ABCD. Right? I, I I mean, look, these plans are going to be put in place and who knows how long these plans are going to last. Uh, I think that it's, it sounds nice. It sounds promising. I hope Again, I, I have seen other course. plans from other people I talked to
0: Absolutely. where I'm like, how are Absolutely. you going to do that?
1: Right. I, I, I'm so glad that there's not an AMPM plan in there because yeah. I feel like, you know, for parents, how do you do AMPM? Whose jobs like mean, are like? I, 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 I got another friend who
0: works in a district where they have a seven or eight day drop block schedule on a normal regular life that they're still going to use with like an A and a B cohort coming in, and the days are just going to roll on. So I think within so is that a, 14, a
2: fourteen
0: day? Yeah, within a fourteen day period, you'll see your students. Seven times to- five times, seven times, I don't know.
2: seven times, yeah, I don't do math. Wow,
0: <laughs> but you know, again, every plan the- that you look at, go ahead, go ahead, Stacy.
2: I think the tricky thing, especially in our area where like and and for any educator who has children in a district outside of where they teach, right? like I think the tricky thing is that there's the lack of consistency, even in the neighboring town, like so you know, like my kids are finally in the same district again. But when I had an elementary student and a middle schooler and they were in two separate districts, sometimes it meant two completely different plans. And that seems to be what's happening now. I have not really kept up with what's going on in the elementary level because I just don't have the brain space for that or the bandwidth um, to hold all. And I don't need to know, you know, but, you know, even like my best friend, she's in the, a town right like the next town over technically. And they have a completely different plan and there's, oh my God, it's, it's the most frightening thing I've heard of because it's like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is cohort ABC and it doesn't change. But then Monday and Friday are rotating. So like Monday would start as a Friday would be B next Monday would be C Friday would be a, like as a parent, I'm already confused.
1: Yeah, It's confusing.
2: Like if I'm a C parent, my kid goes to school. On Wednesday and then the next Monday and then Wednesday again and then when? It's too much for me.
4: (laughs) That is a lot. And it's also it is when you're talking about these hybrid models and then one teacher is trying to manage this whole thing, it is a lot to be able to what does that look like? Yeah. And to be able to try and say, Okay, well you're assigning to cohort A while you're working with cohort B. Some some districts are saying that they're gonna put the swivel cameras within the rooms and just put a swivel camera on the on the teacher for the whole time and just if you are in the other cohort who's not at school, you're supposed to just be logged on the whole time and following the instruction. It, that's really not very transformative. With My sister a, has that. A, and B, sitting in front of a computer for an extended period of time, that's painful enough for an adult, let alone a child. And when we're talking these elementary kids and we're talking like kindergartners and first graders, first graders? Uh, that's not going to happen. Yep. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's just not a realistic model.
2: Yeah, my sister teaches first grade. That's their plan. And and then, you know, you brought up unions at the at the beginning. Like, it's becoming a union issue in her district because how can they be forced to be recorded like that? And how, I don't know. It's just. It's-
0: For my, um, my dad, high school math teacher, he's going to have a certain percentage of his students present in the classroom. And then each period of the day on their half day schedule, he's also got to be conducting a Google meet. For the kids who are remote and they have to attend class during their class time from home. So I, I asked him the other day, I said, So, how are you going to prioritize? Like, how, how are you even going to interact with kids who are not there, but there? So, I mean, we, we've had some fantastic conversation about this.
4: But teachers are expected to do it because mm-hmm. teachers are awesome. I and know here, here's
0: it. Craig, you make a great point. Teachers will do this. Mm-hmm. We're going to do the best we can given whatever rules we're given and we're going to play the game.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
4: And you know, kids are resilient enough though. AJ could get on his little soapbox. AJ, go get on your soapbox. Kids are resilient enough where it is that the kids are going to be okay. The kids are going to come out of this. Okay. I
1: I think they will. I think they'll rise to the occasion. I just think that it has to start at home. It has to be put in place that like, this is serious, you know, this is not like any other school year. Just listen to your teacher and do what you're supposed to do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: just just do what you're supposed to do. I have seen the image of that floating around on the socials. What do you have there, Craig?
4: It's the Distance Learning Playbook, and it's from Doug Fisher, Nancy Frey, and John Hattie. And I'm doing a little book study. I I'm not running the book study. I'm participating within a book study for it. And then that also forces me to read the book. But it, it is very practical. That All right, very-
0: re- read the back cover. What do you got for us?
4: And then like it's um there's fifty little videos within there as well. Just I had to
0: put the video in the book. No <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's the books are that good now, Chris. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you read books, but like when I read books, the videos just kind of play in my mind. They're educators from all over the country. I like it. (laughs) Um, Little QR codes. But yeah, it's um, effective teaching is effective teaching no matter where it occurs. And then um, they're saying learning intentions, success criteria. They really talk about the different instructional approaches and what type of instructional approach really um, is valued within a distance learning environment, usually really basing it upon some of the things that they've learned, not only in teaching online courses, because the, the two of the writers are actually university professors, but they brought in like K through 12 educators who have gone through these teaching type experiences and really brought in those stories of how it is that they've been reaching their kids through different type of virtual environments. And so it's good. There's some good practical pieces within it, which you can kind of take in your own, okay, well, this is something that I might be able to implement and things to consider within um, your own practice going forward as well, rather than just like reaching for anything and everything like we were doing, like I was, well, like I was guilty of doing within crisis teaching, Um, but being a little bit more mindful about what it is that we put in place when we're setting things up, starting out another year with another group of
0: students. And where did you pick this up from?
4: um the best place to pick it up from right now is through corwin um corwin press and then if you go back through corwin i'll drop it to you within the little comment section
0: they yeah and it. then uh we'll, we'll put that link out in our show notes at podcastpd.com/slash slash 80
4: there's a um 30 off for their 30-year anniversary right now and they didn't charge shipping so it was somewhere around like 25 or something like that which I is
0: that.
4: not bad at all considered i yeah It's not bad. It's something where it is that some of the, I've even heard that some of the districts have started to pick it up for their teachers, but that's a big thing is if some, some districts are actually trying to push back like their start date to be able to actually provide training for their teachers. If they are going to be teaching in a very completely different manner than they've typically been teaching. Otherwise we're just going to go ahead and, and do things the same. And
0: yeah, and, and we don't like need Frank. a real repeat of crisis. Te- and I love that term, Craig. We don't need a repeat of crisis teaching. We don't need part two to that movie.
4: <laughs> we already had 1.0. We really need to get to like, I, I think we want to skip even 2.0. We need like a big, big, huge release. We need like
0: 3.0. I
2: want the iPhone need- 11 version of crisis teaching.
0: Exactly. Yeah, we, we need effective remote instruction. Definitely. Whether it's virtual, hybrid, whatever the case may be. I mean, whatever you did last year from March to the end of the school year, um, just if it didn't work, don't do it. And if there are things you didn't get to try, try them and, and just try to do things better. Engage your kids as best you can. Yeah. Plans up, but- All right, Craig, before we, uh, before we wrap up and, and let you go, thank you first and foremost for taking uh, a good portion of your – what time is it? You're in California. Uh, what time is it? 6.30? Yeah,
4: it's early still.
0: Early still. So you still have the whole night ahead of you. Um, But before we let you go, and again, thank you for taking the time. uh, How can people connect with you and continue to learn for those who are maybe not connected with you already?
4: Sure. You can reach me on the socials, at Craig Yen, exactly how it sounds. And if you spell it wrong, you weren't meant to connect with me. Sorry.
1: (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Put it out there.
0: (laughs) Craig, thank you so much for joining Podcast PD.
4: Thank you for having me. Thanks, Craig. It was great seeing you, man. All right. Good seeing you guys.
0: Don't be a stranger. All right. Before we get to what we're listening to, and this has been like a super size extended episode of the podcast. What? You guys are laughing at me.
2: You don't
0: read the private chat. Yeah. You don't, yeah. The private chat. Let's not do recommendations tonight. <laughs> this is long.
1: Yeah. I could have just said that out loud. Chris, you want to do recommendations? It's getting a little long. We're at an hour and 20 minutes.
0: Whatever. We could do them. We okay. got them. I mean, I don't have one, but okay, I have fine. one. You have one. All right, we're going to do them. Whatever. Be like so before wait, we get to... The- I,
2: no, wait, no, I can do one and we'll just call yeah. it quits because mine hasn't even come out yet, but I want everyone to listen.
0: Okay, cool. But before we get, let Stacy share a podcast that hasn't come out yet, real quick, if you get value from these conversations, uh, did you ever wonder if there was a way to support our efforts to create this podcast for you? Well, you can support Podcast PD on a monthly or yearly basis by becoming an executive producer of the podcast. And if you're watching, you could get one of these dope stickers, executive producer. Uh, you could support us <coughs> monthly for $5 or yearly for $50. Uh, and as a thank you for your support, every executive producer will receive a podcast PD sticker, like I just showed on the broadcast. Uh, and yearly supporters will receive a mug and a T-shirt. If you'd like more information about that, go to podcastpd.com slash executive producer for more information. And thank you to our current executive producer, Adam Kelly from North Carolina. Thank you, Adam, for Woo! supporting Podcast PD. Your sticker, your shirt, and your mug are in the mail. All right, Stacey. First, what's your number and what's your recommendation?
2: Um, let me see. My number... Sorry, I coughed in my hand, so I'm sanitizing. My um, number is just... 2031. What? I don't know. Oh, uh, that, that's killing me. It's killing me, too. But... I, w- I want to say I'm super excited. This won't even be on my count because it will. Be, it's a Spotify podcast, but Michelle Obama has a podcast coming out on um, August 31st, and I'm super-duper excited to hear what she has to say. I know it's about family and um, just being awesome because Michelle Obama was an awesome First Lady. I loved her book, Becoming. I'm looking forward to watching her documentary, which I just haven't had time to do. Um, and so... I'm gonna add one more thing with Michelle Obama and uh and check out her podcast, which like I said comes out on Spotify on the thirty first.
0: That's actually really cool. I am looking forward to that as well. Uh so for those of you who consume music on Spotify, you can consume podcasts on Spotify as well. In fact, this very podcast you're listening to is also available on Spotify. So you can find us there. But I mean, I don't care where you listen to this show, just so long as you listen. <laughs> And uh, and share it with somebody. That's, uh, of course, as I always say, the best thing you can do. But, Stacey, I am also looking forward to uh, the Michelle Obama podcast.
2: Yeah. So I don't know when you're dropping our podcast, if it's this Wednesday or next, but hopefully by then somebody will have listened to it and we can talk about it next time.
0: Uh, Well, again, we're now we're getting into that whole back to the future of when we release versus when we have the conversation. (laughs) Uh, But this podcast will be you're listening to this on the podcast side on Wednesday, August 5th which means you can go and subscribe to the Michelle Obama podcast on Spotify because it came out last Friday. And
2: it was awesome.
0: Was so <laughs> and it was great. <laughs> AJ, did you want to share your recommendation or are you going to not share it? I, I
1: guess I kind of have to share it now. You, know, like you kind of put me on the spot. Um, all right. So, so first wonderful. and foremost, wonderful. First and foremost, <laughs> uh, the reflect Dead podcast will be making a comeback. July has been absolutely beyond bonkers for me. And, that's hot. Uh, who said that's hot? What is this? Nineteen ninety nine? Al, of course. Ow. The Al. Where you at? Uh, no, Reflected is going to make comeback uh, August first. So. Amen. Is Amen. August first is is not is not a good day. August third. Is that a Monday? Monday, August third. Yeah, we'll go Monday, August third. So we'll make the comeback. Um. Got to be honest, with all this planning and all this nonsense that's been going on for the last three and a half weeks, I've been driving home in silence. And then when I get home, I just want to be with the kids. So I took July off because my head is spinning. So uh, thank you for understanding. But I reflect that it'll be coming back in August. So then we'll we'll get things rolling as we look to the new school year. But uh, for the recommendation, I'm going to throw a recommendation uh, your way. And it's from the uh, Teach Thought Podcast, episode number 215. School Leadership Lessons on the Road to Awesome. Uh, and the gentleman who creates the Teach Thought, Teach Thought podcast is Drew Perkins. And he talks with Darren uh, Peppard. I don't think it's Peppard, It's Pippard. Um, so he was on there talking about his new book that's coming out called The Road to Awesome, uh, which is a leadership book. And talking about empowering, leading change, and, and being that game changer to uh, be a leader in your schools. And I think it's really... And listening to him in this podcast, and listening to his vision and, and, and his mission as a leader and superintendent of a school, um, it's pretty powerful. You know, especially during this time, he kind of gets all angles, kind of tackles all parts of what it means to be a leader. So if you're a leader, if you're interested in listening to what people have to say going forward about leadership, I would give uh, Teach Thought episode 215 a good listen. I liked it.
2: Good. good.
0: There will be links to both of those. In the show note, the Michelle Obama podcast and AJ's recommendation. I'm sorry. I just don't have one today. My bad. So, uh-huh. you but you can check out those recommendations at podcastpd.com slash uh, 80. And also we are, we still have a few weeks left of the podcast PD summer listening group in our Voxer group. So if you go out to podcastpd.com slash Voxer, V-O-X-E-R all lowercase letters, do it on your mobile device. And if you have Voxer, you can join our weekly conversation we've had some great conversations some a variety of episodes we've talked about leadership we've talked about how to talk about uh racism with uh students and even our own family and children that was stacy's latest recommendation which was a great one which means we've got another recommendation coming at you for this coming week so make sure you're tuned in for that um if you have any questions comments or feedback about what we do here on the podcast go out to podcastpdcom slash feedback Send us your questions. Send us your compliments. We just like to communicate with you because we appreciate you making us a part of whatever routine, whenever you're listening to this podcast. We really, really appreciate it. That being said, Stacy, after an extended edition of Podcast PD, wave the magic wand. Ooh,
2: yay, waving the magic wand. It's my pencil. Um, say goodnight, Christopher.
0: Goodnight,
1: Christopher.
2: Say goodbye, AJ.
1: Goodbye, AJ.
2: Podcast
0: PD Thank you for checking out this episode of Podcast PD. For links to everything that we discussed in this episode, you can visit the show notes at our website podcastpd.com. To connect with the show on social media, we are at Podcast PD on Instagram and Twitter. And we share using the hashtag PodcastPD. To connect with Stacy, AJ, and myself, we are on Twitter at Mr. Nessie, at Stacy Lindis, and at AJ Bianco. We would love to hear from you, so please go to podcastpd.com slash feedback and send us an email, send us a voice message, whatever you need to do. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you share it with somebody that you think would get value from it. Word of mouth is the best way to share a podcast you enjoy and we hope you enjoyed Podcast PD. We appreciate you listening, we appreciate your sharing, and we love creating this podcast for you. We'll see you in the next episode. Take care.